0: This is the Living Vertizano podcast brought to you by the Church at Riverstone, a fellowship of the Church of the Nazarene in Madeira, California. Our episode today looks at Psalm 126, a song of ascent containing worship, praise, and expectation. Together, we discuss how noticing, remembering, and sharing what we've seen God do can be a source of joy to the world.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Nick.
0: I'm Natasha. I'm
2: Brittany.
1: And we are the Living Vertizontal Podcast with you this week to continue our conversations on uh, the Advent themes for this season. Uh, You'll notice that we did not hear from Derek. Um, He's not able to be with us this time uh, as he's enjoying a drive across the country. Um, But uh, we are looking forward to two weeks from now when we'll have him back with us. Um, But let's let's jump into... um, What we're doing here, as a quick reminder, last week uh, we looked at Psalm uh, Psalm 85, um, and specifically we um, were talking about the theme of love, and in this psalm, the psalmist held together lament and love, and um, as a result of this, this passage, we discussed God's steadfast love and our role in bringing his love to those around us. Um, This week, we continue our Advent series, uh, From the Joy of Every Longing Heart, and today's psalm is Psalm 126, which is a song of ascent uh, containing worship and praise and expectation. Um, I believe we have Brittany reading for us, so Brittany, would you read for us today before we go any further?
2: Sure. Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem... It was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest.
1: All right. Uh, thank you for reading that for us, Brittany. That was a quick one. Um, let's jump into a converse, quick conversation before we get to the the typical questions, um, uh, a conversation on context. Uh, so as as I said in the opening words, this is a psalm of ascent. And so in trying to place this in a time frame, um, though it's not like 100% guaranteed this is when it was... Uh, many believe that this psalm would have been written sometime early on after um, the the Persian king Cyrus uh, issued the edict to um, allow the Israelites to uh, return from Babylon to the promised land, uh, giving them resources and, and the ability to begin to rebuild and, and reestablish life. Um and that that statement of ascent um, is I, ascent means you know climbing a hill, and so the other piece of this is more than likely it would have been a song that was sung as they were walking up the um, hills into Jerusalem. Um, so as they're climbing these hills, they're singing this song of praise, and so this is a song of praise because they have recently experienced um, a, a restoration of sorts, a, a return from exile, and this is what they're singing about. Um, and it's, again, probably pretty early on in this process. If you're looking at a biblical timeline, or and by that I mean like the places in Scripture, you're probably in the first few chapters of Ezra, um, maybe not quite to Haggai yet, definitely not to Malachi yet, but kind of in that time frame. So um, that's kind of where we're at as far as context uh, goes as we look at these six verses. And so with that in mind, uh, what are you guys seeing? What What are your thoughts? What are your observations as we look into this passage?
2: So when I look at this, the first three verses are really um, them remembering. Um, in the NLT that I just read, it talks about them bringing... Um, the Lord bringing back the exiles to Jerusalem, and it was like a dream. So it's like this eu- euphoria of, you know, wow, look what he's done, but they're remembering it.
0: Well, and I think as we talk about Advent and as we talk about this week's theme, which is joy, I mean, this is this is true joy. When we can recount the things that God has done, the miraculous works that we've seen him do, the places of deliverance that we've experienced those are the sources of, of true joy in our life. And so I think that this reminder to continually remember, to never forget um, the story that he's writing in your life and that he's written in the lives of those who have come before you or who are living simultaneously with you um, to remember what he's doing and that he is at work. And, and those are the things that bring us joy.
1: Yeah. When, when I think about this, uh, word joy, I know that, um, one of the tables this past Sunday, that was one of the questions that was asked, like, what is joy? What is that? What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I think that's a important question, but also a difficult question to answer. Cause even as that was shared with me, that that was a question that was asked, I was like, man, what would have my response been? I'm not exactly sure. Because I feel like joy is is more than an emotion, right? It's more than just happiness, though happiness is definitely f- for sure part of it. Um, it. I guess a word that I would think of is peace, but peace is also different than joy, right? And so, like, peace is part of joy. Um, and so... I guess as you were just saying what you were saying, Natasha, I, I was looking at verse one again and I was thinking about this idea of the importance of remembering. And I feel like verse one began to expose and maybe help me understand maybe a a good like definition of what joy could be. And specifically with this statement of, um, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, oh, I mean, specifically the statement of the entirety of verse one, um, we were like those who dreamed, and I got to be honest, that statement wasn't making a lot of sense to me. I'm like, I'm not sure what's what's being said there, but at, if I were to think about like people who have been living in captivity they are away from home they desire to be home but they're not and so like they have this dream that one day one day we are going to go home and then all of a sudden that dream is realized like they are going home i i don't know that i could fully fathom the the range of emotions and the, the range of feelings that they would have in this moment. But I suppose if I had to like ascribe a word to what they were experiencing, it would probably be joy. Like um, in, in, the, in the the footnotes of the NIV of, of my Bible, it says uh, another way to put it instead of just uh, we're like those who dreamed Uh, And it says, or those restored to health. Like when I think about people that I know um, who have been going through like a sickness, a sustained sickness for a long period of time, and they just, they want to be healed. Like they don't want to have to experience that sickness anymore. So they have this dream of one day, I'm not going to have to have this sickness anymore. And then all of a sudden that day comes like the best way to summarize probably what they're experiencing on that day is joy. It's like this, this meeting of something that you have wanted for so long with the reality of that actually taking place. And you have this like intersection that results in joy. I I think of, um, a, a, a real life example of this. Um, I guess there, there's a couple of them that come to mind, but one of them is just with some some neighbors of ours that I I saw like the transition to joy take place. We we have some friends who recently um, they were dealing with a, a sickness that that I mean it wasn't like months or years, but it was it was a, a a couple weeks long and and there wasn't a lot of answers when they were in the midst of it. And I remember um, there was this one day that I was up on top of the house and, uh, I was putting up Christmas decorations, uh, lights specifically. And I saw one of my neighbors walking out in front of their house and, uh, he was moving, um, some seats around or something. He, he was doing something in the cars. Um, and, and usually when I see him out front, I, I greet him immediately and he's just kind of got this, this jo- joyous disposition about him. Um, but for some reason on this particular day, I didn't like stop what I was doing to talk to him. And I actually even had the thought go through my mind of, oh, you should say hi. And then this other thought of, no, you shouldn't. I'm going to stay hidden on this roof. Like legitimately, this was the the thought that went through my mind. But then I sat there and I was watching him and I was like, man, something just looks off. Like it looks off. Um. And I did not yet know at that time that what was off is that the sickness had resulted in a hospitalization. And I didn't find that out until a couple of days later. And so I was like, oh man, like I can't believe like that I didn't say anything, number one, but number two, like that's that's what was off probably is just this like existing in this days of like what is going on. But then, I mean, the good news is Hospitalization is over. Everybody's health has been uh, restored. But then uh, like a week after that point, I saw him outside again and everything had changed. Everything had changed. Um, they were still dealing with some of the repercussions of the illness, but they were on their the, the other side of things. And like his smile was restored and he was walking lighter. There was just something different about him, a different disposition. And all I could say is like, it looked like joy had been restored if that makes any sense. And so like, I, I just, as I, I think about this idea of what the Israelites are, are singing about and are um, remembering and recounting, I, in. You know, also holding at the same time the idea that, you know, our our Advent theme this week is joy. I see I see that the Israelites are, are are recounting their moment of joy, like and and not wanting to forget that experience that they had and and that moment where the longing of their heart came into reality.
0: As you were talking about that, I was thinking about, like, you guys and waiting to adopt to London. Like, I feel like that was, like, because there were moments where you're, like, oh, like, I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'm sure. And mm-hmm. then they're, like, but what if it's not fine? Yeah. Just and the so relief. Just it, of, yeah, yeah, done. Well, I was thinking about, you know,
2: there's there's certain moments in in our life that I think, well, for for Derek and I specifically, that I no, without a shadow of a doubt like you could not convince me otherwise that Jesus did not ordain that like thinking about when we when I lost my job in Modesto and we had couldn't I couldn't find anything in the Central Valley we had to go to we were on our way to um New York I'd had an interview at um, at Merced like and it just you know it didn't seem like it was gonna work out so it was kind of in the you know, on the back burner, but the the day that they, they called me with an offer and it was the exact amount of money that we told God we needed. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that was God. And when I go through things that is right now, the single thing I think about when I'm like, man, this is really hard. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And I think, but God did that. Like if he can do that, if he can, even after people have told me that's you know, that's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. There's no way that's going to work. And then he did it. Then I can make it through whatever I'm going through, because I know when I need him, he's going to come through because I've seen him do it. And I've seen him do it, you know, not just that time, but many, many other times, but right now in our life, that's the one I think about the most.
1: Yeah. It's like these, these, moments, these snapshots in our lives where we see we have seen God show up reveal the reality of his character that doesn't change, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're sitting in a moment of uncertainty, we know the character of God because he has revealed it to us in various ways throughout our past in our our relationship with him. And so it's like in the moment we are able to to hold on to the truth of who he is and the hope of who he is because of who he has been, which gives us joy.
2: Well, when also when I think about like those moments, in verse 2 it talks about, and the other nations said what amazing thing the, Lord's ha- the Lord has done for them. The nations don't know unless somebody told them. hmm Are my children, they know what happened. We have told them and told them and told them and told them. (laughs) They know God moved. And that not only, you know, that situation not only restored our, like, you know, faith that God's going to come through. My kids who weren't really aware of the situation because, you know, they're children and, I you know, they don't need to worry about that stuff. But they saw, they have heard us talk about it and talk about what Jesus has done, what he's done, what he, what he, what he's, you know, done before they were even born. Um, and so that, because we're talking about it, because we're, you know, saying, look what God did. My kids are getting that. Okay. And the people around, them, you can't be around my husband for very long <laughs> and he not tell you <laughs> some of the things that God has done in our lives. right, And... I think that's really a huge point. Like it's great for us to have that for us and restore our faith, but it's even more important. I think sometimes to share that with others and in that you have to share your struggle too. And I think we mm-hmm. talked about that um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, and when, we were talking, yeah, when we were talking about yeah. lamenting and you have to share that lament and that struggle in
0: order for people to share in your joy. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this concept, I guess, today, and kind of having a conversation with Jesus as I'm typing out um, questions for Bible club, um, because we're so we're doing Matthew for Bible club, and my the lesson I was typing up has to do with. Um, the the farmer who gives the bags of gold and then goes away and asks them to invest these bags of gold. And when he returns, you know, two of two of the men have done great things and they've doubled what he gave them. And then the other servant took and hid his one bag because he was so worried that he would lose what he had. And the parable ends with the servant who buried his treasure being cast out and it's like god has given us this story and so i'm i you know i'm thinking i'm thinking mm-hmm. about this and processing this and i'm thinking god has given me these bags of gold in the stories and experiences that i have had in my relationship with him and it's my job and my responsibility to share these experiences just like you're talking about brittany with those around me so that i can multiply his kingdom and if not, then I'm a wicked servant because I'm not being faithful with what he's given me and what he's entrusted to me, which are pieces of his character. And that's a big deal. Um, and it needs to be shared.
1: Yeah. When you guys are, were saying this, um, I think the immediate thought that came through my head is I feel like this is, this is part of the beauty of what we practice as a church. And this gets very particular, but I mean, whether it's our our midweek encounter group or um, on a Sunday morning, at, at both of those times, or, or even in our kids group on Wednesday night, or our, our teen group on Sunday night, like I guess at all four of those times, when we get together, one of the pieces that we talk about, that we talk, share with each other and that we talk to Jesus about is responding to one of Jesus's question in ministry, which is, do you understand what I have done? And in responding to that question, we are regularly practicing the discipline of recognizing how he has been at work in our life over this past week, whether it's a little thing or a big thing, and then telling that. And, and as we get more comfortable with it, it becomes more natural for us to share that. I know that um, in, in my, my different ministry context in the past, this was a big hurdle to try to help people overcome this reluctance to, to share uh, what happened in their life. Um, I guess we, we are in a, a world where we're kind of trained to be pretty private about stuff. Um, and so it doesn't come naturally for us to just be like, oh, and then this happened and this happened and this happened. And even less naturally is to say, well, Jesus did this in that situation. Right. And so as a church, like we believe that this is just a vital part of what we do. This is a vital part of the story that we are to share of these bags of gold that have been given to us and so it's it's important it's imperative for us to practice it so that way we can be ready to share so that the the same thing that is said uh, about the uh, in this psalm about the Israelites would be said about us that it was said among the nations the Lord has done great things for them like it, it is our desire that when we come in contact with people around us in our neighborhood, whether it's our neighbors or just friends or, or people that we know because of school or because of work, it, it's our desire that those people would, would look at us and they wouldn't see us, but they would see what God is doing in us and through us and around us. Like that is our job, our responsibility. And, and so I think that Natasha, what you bring up this, this, this thing that that Jesus has laid on your heart today, as you are working through Matthew, is is something that we should keep with us. That that's important um, for for all of us, whether it's those of us at at the church at Riverstone or those who are just tuning in. Like we, Jesus has given us a story to tell. Like Jesus is at work in our life. Jesus is active in our life. We believe that. We know that. We've experienced that. And so as a result of that, we have a story to tell of what he has done. And, and so in in being faithful to telling that story, we are going to get to see exactly what this psalmist is is proclaiming in this song of ascent, that we will get to see the nations even recognizing what God is doing. And even as a result of that right? I I just looked down and read the rest of it, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord has done great things. That's what the nations will say. And we are filled with joy. So it's not just like joy doesn't just come because we've been delivered. Joy comes because maybe they've been delivered too.
0: (laughs) Or they've been given hope too Mm -hmm. in the midst of the waiting for the deliverance.
1: Right. So uh, another thing that was discussed at um, the table that I was at on Sunday was, um, kind of as a result of the next three verses. So we, we've essentially been working through one, two, and three so far. Um, but then as you move on into four five and six, you have this, this like prayer, this prayer of expectation of restoration of, of the fortunes of Israel, right. Of, of the restoration of the people of Israel and of their possessions of Israel Um, and the, this idea was brought up of like, man, it's, it's interesting that they're praying for possession when, like when you get to the new Testament and Jesus really talks about like the opposite of possess, like the importance of possession, like it's, it's harder for, or it's easier for a a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like that, that that's kind of a pretty direct statement against like the, the elevation of possession. Um, and so this question was brought up, but I I think, I, I think it's a fair question. I think it's easy for us to be like, man, they're just praying for a blessing. Um, but as I was reading this and, and thinking about it and trying to do my best to place myself in like the position of the Israelites, I, I asked the question, why would I pray this way? Why would I pray for um, the restoration of our fortunes? And then why would I have the expectation, right? So like verse five and six are... are verses of expectation those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy those who go out weeping carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them like this will happen so they they have they they're they're praying for restoration of fortunes and then there's the expectation that that will actually take place um and I, I think that the reason they can pray this way, is because if we if we place ourselves in the covenant conversation that they would be living in in this time like they are a people of the covenant and, and this is ever before them and and we've talked about this through the both Haggai and Malachi conversations but also in in some of the Psalms that we've been through with Advent like the covenant promises for the Israelites to this point were promises of possession. They were promises of land. They were promises of a land flowing with milk and honey. They were promises of positions of authority. Like they were promises that um, manifested in those ways. And so, for for Israel to be praying for the restoration of fortunes and then be expecting it, I. I feel like it's less about the fortunes and more about the, the recognition or realization that the covenant relationship has been restored.
0: It's as if the possessions or these fortunes are the physical representation of this abstract covenant right. relationship being brought back together or rebuilt or remade. Right, um, as they return to Jerusalem and as they kind of get this really do over, because the exile, the scripture tells us that the exile was the direct result of the breaking of exactly. this covenant, exactly, and the relying of their own strength or relying on their own strength, and so um, they're getting they're getting a fresh start, and so it, yeah,
1: and so it's like they've they've been delivered from exile right and so they have this thing to to be pray like praising and worshiping god for and but it's like coming back from exile is more than just coming back from exile like we are we as the israelites sorry i'm still trying to put myself in their position we as the israelites are looking at this not as we've just been set free and don't have to worry about the oppression of Persia anymore. We are looking at this as God has given us another chance. Like you're saying, Natasha, like we have another crack at this covenant relationship that he has invited us into. He is no longer like putting his, his thumb down on us as a result of our disobedience to the covenant. And he is giving us another chance. And so in so giving us another chance, these are the expectations that we can live into. As we walk in obedience, as we walk in relationship with him, this is what we can expect with our covenant relationship with him.
2: No, but I was just thinking about well, you know how you talk about how like how our kids have such an advantage to doing like what we're doing. It just was making me think like with those statements of we'll harvest, they will return. Like our kids have the opportunity. To, you know, as we continue to tell them about what God is doing and what He's doing, they have an opportunity to not know anything different. To, you know, not saying that there won't be hardship, but they're, they see things happen and then because they're looking for that good, that they're like, oh yeah, God did that because that's good. And if it's good, then God did it. But I was just thinking about how. They're gonna, there's opportunity for them to have that if we continue to, to have them look for the good that they will look at things and yeah, you know, that's that's really tough, but you know what, through that toughness, God's gonna do something really cool.
0: Well, and it's amazing. I was just actually thinking a little bit earlier when we were talking about looking for the good, I was thinking about my conversation with the kids at the table this week and before in the Advent time when we were sharing where we've seen good things happen um before we went into our time of worship. Um, one of the the kids shared that this week um they had a gift exchange in class and they were exchanging puzzles. And one of the students had the good idea to bring four extra puzzles so for the kids who didn't bring them to be able to participate. And then it was those that that child who then called to the attention of the group, the reality that, well, and since that was a good idea, that good idea must have been God's good idea. And so God spoke to my friend to tell them to bring more puzzles for everybody, even though I don't know that my friend actually even knows Jesus. And so I just thought that's really cool. Like the kids can get this and they, you know, right. and as we continue to share and, and tell these stories and be faithful with, with the bags of gold we've been given, um, it really is, it's, it's going to transform the lives of our children. And for me as a parent, I'm just excited to have this opportunity and to have this, like, I guess, knowledge to know, to do these things and then to get to see these practices implemented and actually get to see them begin to work because um, it's very encouraging and exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, even though we don't necessarily see the end of it, we can walk in expectation,
0: mm-hmm. right? And maybe, yeah, like you were saying, Brittany, that's how we can say this will. Yeah. It will work. Right. And I love that. that I've always thought of the bags of gold
2: as like, talent or you know that kind of stuff but to think of it as the stories that the things that God has done for us and things that he's brought us through as the bags of gold and how can you not like when I think about when I think about what God has done how can I not tell somebody like how can we not like can you believe this and but I love that that as we continue to share that gold. to It's going to multiply because it's going to increase people's faith. Right. It's going to increase right. our faith. It's going to increase our children's faith, the people around us, our coworkers. It's going to increase everybody's faith because they are seeing the good things.
1: And as we share those stories of what God has done, we're going to just get to see more and more stories <laughs> of what God is doing. And like it's just going to increase. It's just going to keep increasing.
2: And we can say things, we'll produce a harvest. Right. We'll return with.
1: And even though... Sometimes that work in the moment is hard and is sown with tears. We will see a result, a harvest that, it, that is a harvest with joy, even through the tears.
0: And this is our covenant promise, really, through, through Jesus, that as we obey him, as we follow him, then we get to participate in bringing his kingdom here. And now. so, yeah, and so these these are the kingdom moments we get to see right here on earth as we're living in obedience to him.
1: And so I guess, I mean, just be out of this conversation, maybe that's what, maybe that's where we end with the question of what are your bags of gold? Like think back through this last week think back through the last couple weeks i mean you can go back further i'm sure we can find lots of bags of gold but i would highly encourage you to keep it a a current keep it a, a recent thing but what are the bags of gold that jesus has given you that you can share with others so that you can see them multiplied what are your bags of gold
0: As we journey through this season of Advent together, we recommend purchasing Joy of Every Longing Heart, an Advent devotional, which is available for purchase on Amazon. Also, be sure to follow the Living Vertizano podcast to stay current on all our new releases. To learn more about The Church at Riverstone, visit us at thechurchatriverstone.org.